grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Hello everyone. Hello, welcome to the podcast this week. We've got a very special COP26 episode for you. So we're going to go real in depth about COP26 today, aren't we, Rach? So many engagements from the Royals over the past week. So many. (laughs) So many. So what we've decided to do is not to have a Royal Roundup and just to go straight into the Royal News. We thought we would tackle COP26 on its own in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. But first off, we want to say a big, massive thank you to the Royal community for all your lovely messages and getting involved on Instagram and sending emails. It's been wonderful to talk to you. So thank you so much for getting involved. We thought we would share with you some of the thoughts that have come out from the Royal community this week on our last episode, episode 34, which was should the Queen step down. So if you haven't listened to that, head on over to that episode next. But we thought we would just share some of the comments. It's been quite a controversial one, hasn't it, Rach? Yeah, some people say no, she shouldn't step down. Some people are like, yeah, she deserves a retirement. It's all a mixed bag, really. But we're going to pick out some of the key ones that we found interesting. KGGNia, I hope <laughs> that's the correct Instagram handle, said, I don't think she will step down, but will pass away as queen. I think Charles has already moved into a more prominent role. The rest of the senior royals as a supporting cast. The transition will be smooth with the Queen, receiving all the respect befitting her legacy. I really like that one. Yeah, that's a good comment. Really good. Leah Bay said, I think it should be up to her. If she doesn't feel like stepping down is the right thing to do, she shouldn't. If she feels like she can't fulfil her duties anymore and wants to step down, she shouldn't be criticised. She made a vow to dedicate her whole life to her country and she did that and I'm sure she will do so in the future as well. I don't think she'll step down, but if she decides to do so, everyone should support her decision. The way in which Netherlands with the Queen Princess Beatrix stepping down doesn't necessarily mean not having any engagements at all, just less. So, yeah, that was really interesting to read because I don't really know a lot about the other European royals. But obviously that's what happened with the Queen of the Netherlands. Yeah, and I I think in a way that's kind of what I was alluding to last episode maybe I didn't make my point very strongly but that's kind of what I was alluding to you know she's still queen but she's just stepping back she might do um, engagements um, briefly but don't expect anything and now it's passed to Charles to take the lead on everything so yeah so that's what the royal community have said if you still have any thoughts about whether the queen should step down then please feel free to head on over to Keeping Up With The Windsors pod on Instagram or feel free to email us keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, heart, everything that you do. <laughs> Leave a review. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcast, because it really helps us to build the royal community and helps to spread the word. Why don't we move into the royal news for this week, which is COP26. Oh, 
Okay, so let's get on with COP26 then. What is it? So COP stands for the Conference of the Parties. It's an initiative whose sole aim is to bring together world leaders to accelerate action from the goals that were made in the Paris Agreement. And the Paris Agreement was actually in COP21. And 195 countries pledged to adapt and tackle climate change. And it's also as well to accelerate the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. Now, that sounds a lot, doesn't it? So basically, in COP21, which was in Paris, they made an agreement to come together to work towards climate change. And COP26 is a way of coming together again. They do this, I think, every year, but obviously since the pandemic has changed. But basically, this is now saying, where are we since COP21? How far have we got? Do we need to go faster? And what they've realized is the changes that they've pledged to make is still not fast enough. So they need to have like an urgent climate meeting. So that's me surmising what COP26 is. I hope that makes sense. Now, this will be the 26th meeting, hence COP26. And the UK are hosting the event in Glasgow. And it started on the 31st of October and it runs till the 12th of November. Now, on the start, the opening ceremony, we had speeches from Sir David Attenborough and then since then we've seen world leaders and the royals giving speeches to the people who are attending and we are only in day five of the summit. The event is still going on and although we've seen some progress we've had pledge come out today that 40 countries are going to phase out coal power by the 2040s but there's still plenty more discussions to be had and decisions about how to move forward. So, Rach, what has COP got to do with the royals? Well, let me tell you. The royals, as we know, are apolitical. They don't get involved in anything political. They don't side with anyone. They are, you know, they're Switzerland, as Kristen Stewart would say in Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, One thing that I love about this is the royals are not silent when it comes to the state of our planet. So it's a nice little loophole that they've got because the the royals are basically just voicing the belief they have that we need to save the planet. Climate change affects every single person and they can do that without being political. And what I loved was obviously the senior members of the royal family are there at COP26 to represent the Commonwealth as monarchs and figureheads by attending the event. So, okay, that's great. They're going to turn up. But also, Prince Charles and Prince William have amazing initiatives for climate change and the planet, starting with Prince Charles's Sustainable Markets Initiative and the Terra Carta, which is a charter that puts sustainability at the heart of private sectors and something called global value creation. So basically, if you're making money, Please feel free to make money, but don't do it at the detriment of our planet. Um, That's me saying that, not the charter. (laughs) (laughs) And as we've seen in episode 33 and 32 of the podcast, we also talked about um, William's initiative, which is the Earthshot Prize Awards. These initiatives are brought together and being shown and highlighted within COP26, which we will get to separately when we go into each of the royals and what they've been doing. So that's the reason why they are not just the the figureheads, like, oh, you're in Britain, so here's our royal family, as uh, some kind of Madame Two Swords waxworks. They're actually there to 
provide solutions. They have solutions. And there's something that I really love about the initiatives that Prince Charles and Prince William have been doing over the last couple of years is finding solutions. They do exist and bringing those solutions to the people who have the power to make change um, and hopefully get the backing of governments. So William said on the socials this week, COP26 is a landmark moment for the future of our planet. I'm proud that our Earthshot Prize finalists will be joining me in Glasgow to show the world that there is reason to be optimistic. I'm hopeful about what we can achieve. Okay, so that's it with what COP is. Does that make sense what I'm saying, Rach? Do you understand what COP is? Yeah, just all the world leaders in a room together trying to figure out what to do next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what are we going to do? In a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, in a nutshell of like, actually, what we thought we agreed on in Paris isn't is is not moving fast enough. We need another change attacked. We need to do something even more, you know, we need to do things faster. So that's COP26. Okay, so that's my big spiel about COP26, right? But now I have got the most amazing job of talking about the Cambridges and what they did this week and how that corresponds to COP. So let's get started. After they've had their half-term break, we saw them last week, didn't we? A pap shot of them in Heathrow. They're back. They are back in Britain and they actually have hit the ground running (laughs) with their trip to Glasgow. We saw the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge traveling uh, uh, to Glasgow by train. And then we saw them on their first engagement to Clyde's Scouts Club, where they learned all about the Scouts' promise to the planet campaign that raises awareness for climate change. So, did you see this engagement, Rach? Yeah, Catherine was there wearing her Scouts toggle, wasn't she? She was. And they gave her a new Scouts toggle as well. And I mean, when we, I was looking back at some of the engagements that the Duchess of Cambridge have done with the Scouts, and it's got, it goes back a while. Yeah. She totally loves the Scouts. Yeah, because it's her and the Duke of Kent that are involved in the Scouts, isn't it? Yeah. And what I loved about this was um, they were talking to the children. They were making some veggie burgers and uh, Catherine was talking to the children about whether they eat meat and whether they eat, like sometimes they eat vegetables. And um, <laughs> William was turning some burgers with a little kid with these um, like what I deem to be like barbecue kind of um, tongs. <laughs> I was like, he's doing a great job. He's the new king of the barbecue. He's taken over the Duke of Edinburgh's <laughs> title. <laughs> brilliant stuff he is yeah I just loved how um involved they were and then they were made I think they were making seed bombs you've ever heard of seed bombs Rach no what are they okay so it started on TikTok I think it started on TikTok anyway um it's an initiative that's like grassroots community initiative do you know when if you see a patch of like wasteland in your local area it's got like you know crisp packets and what people were trying to do was um create more green spaces so they'd make seed bombs which is basically soil with seed in it and they would just throw it onto like barren land and so over time that would break down and flowers would uh be planted which i thought was brilliant i loved the uh, the idea of them making them and then throwing them and that would be part of them learning and raising awareness about climate change because yes okay we've got these big leaders in a room but what can we do on grass like what can we possibly do So maybe next time anyone listening right now, make yourself a little seed bomb and just, you know, throw it in the air and hopefully it'll land and and, uh, create a lovely plant in the future. So 
that was their daytime. We then saw them suited and booted, which is a very British way of saying they got dressed up lovely <laughs> to, <laughs> um, to go to the COP26 evening event on the first night. We saw Catherine and William meet the Earthshot Prize finalists, and they also rubbed shoulders with you know dignitaries and excellencies and leaders from all all over the world, you know, Joe, Joe Biden, Angela Merkel, Macron. Champagne and canapes. <laughs> Champagne and canapes. So, yeah, it was really lovely to see William and Catherine meeting the finalists of the Earthshot Prize. Now, I do have a little, a little thing that feels a bit weird to me. I think I know what you're going to say. Go on, see if it's the same thing as what I'm going to say. What I was going to say is all these people are at this conference centre to discuss climate change. And they've all flown in on aeroplanes and private jets to be there. Yes, but the caveat to that was the Earthshot Prize made it a massive thing that no one was to fly to come to the awards. Everyone would have to, if you weren't in London, you would be virtual. So now it seems like all of the finalists flown to Glasgow. They should have just flown over to the Earthshot Prize Awards and then they'd still be in the country. Like, it felt like a mute point to make that point for the Earthshot Prize Awards, but not for COP26. So I know, I know why. I know the significance of being there in person, but I don't know. It just, it was like, oh, come on, come on. The fact that, you know, they've made such a big deal about carbon emissions and yet they've all come over on planes, haven't they, to be here? So it does kind of defeat the purpose of them being there. But I will say, for instance, Mm. Charles, Camilla, Catherine and William, when they came into Glasgow, they came in on a train and it was an electric train, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Also in the evening, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall was there. And uh, yeah, so it was a nice little shindig for them. And during that night, the Queen recorded a message which was shown. And what did she say, Rach? So the Queen said that she hoped the leaders of COP26 would rise above the politics of the moment and achieve true statementship. And she added, it is the hope of many that the legacy of this summit, written in history books yet to be printed, will describe you as the leaders who did not pass up the opportunity and that you answered the call of those future generations. And there was also a moment when she spoke about the Duke of Edinburgh and she referred to his warning at the 1969 academic gathering of the dangers of failing to address pollution. And the Queen added, it is a source of great pride to me that the leading role my husband played in encouraging people to protect our fragile planet lives on through the work of our eldest son, Charles, and his eldest son, William. I could not be more proud of them. I mean, I, I watched this speech and I was like a bit, oh. Yeah. Because there was a picture of Prince Philip in the background with the butterflies. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there was such a touch of symbolism because she was wearing a butterfly brooch. Yeah. And it all came together. So to give you a bit of the background on the brooch that she was wearing, it's very rarely seen. And this was actually gifted to her when she was Princess Elizabeth as a wedding gift from the Dowager Countess of Onslow and was last worn to a church service in Sandringham in 2019. So it's made up of diamonds and rubies. And it was just a lovely 
moment because she was wearing that brooch and then there was the picture of Philip in the background with all the butterflies yeah the way she said like I'm so I'm so proud of them we don't really hear those words about from the queen do we we don't really hear her talk about her family in that sense so for her especially to talk about Charles and William to say that she's proud of them it was really a moment and also we know that obviously the reason that she wasn't there is because she has been ill and on medical advice she was advised not to attend COP26 and in her speech she actually seemed to kind of make a reference to her own mortality and well this is what I think anyway she said none of us will live forever I think hindsight will either see that she knows something and she you know that's part of it or literally is just yeah that's just it's just a reality isn't it but I think even even though she wasn't there in person the actual video message it was still quite a powerful message to come across and and we said it in last week's episode is that you know a lot of the world leaders the draw to go in in person to COP26 was the fact that the Queen was going to be there and we said well I think I said you know Prince Charles will kind of have to pick up the slack and we'll go on to Prince Charles in a bit because he's he's picked up the slack and tenfold you know he's like I've got the baton and I've run the fastest hundred meters you've ever seen (laughs) so something that I I think you know something that came to mind for me as soon as you were talking about that Rach was I wonder if she would have said the exact same speech had she been there in person you know whether she would have taken out that more emotive language and it was so lovely to hear her say that as well like I'm proud of my boys basically I'm proud of them yeah you know they did they they haven't just turned up and waved and you know had their pleasantries exactly they've actually brought solutions with them we've created this imagine what you can do too and that has brought hope and um yeah it's just I just love, I, you know, I just love that. I have to also just call it out. Let's call it out. I cried loads watching the COP26. <laughs> I mean, the amount of videos they've got of like climate change and David Attenborough's speech was absolutely beautiful. I cried during that. It, it makes me want to shake every single person in the room and say, change now, change now, do it now. And the one thing I would say about the Queen I love the fact that she was wearing green for like the earth. (laughs) I just love that. And you know, I love green. And I thought she looked amazing. I just loved how you saw the picture of the Duke of Edinburgh with the butterflies and then you had the brooch but also butterflies they they symbolize like a a metamorphosis don't they so it's like we can change just like the butterfly goes from the caterpillar to the butterfly we can do this yeah I think you're right the queen being there would have been such like the the cherry on top of the the most amazing climate change cake (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how else to put it um the fact that she wasn't there I mean it's upsetting but actually I remember with the pandemic her speech to the nation touched me so much and at a time where I really needed leadership and a steady captain of the ship shall we say her speech really really mattered to me and I think that's also what happened with the climate change video message that touched me just as much as it did when she did the pandemic one On day two of COP26, William took to the stage to address world leaders about what is possible and to introduce the inaugural Earthshot Prize finalists. During his speech, he said, 
our finalists are bursting with energy, ideas and ambitions. So please expect many of them to come knocking on your doors. The ingenuity is amazing. Their potential is off the charts. He introduced Earthshot finalist 15-year-old Venetia Amashanka to the stage who gave a passionate speech and received a standing ovation. And there was a moment afterwards where she walked over and William looked on with pride and it was a real moment. Oh, it was such a moment. Yeah, and I watched Venetia's speech and let me tell you, we're going to be hearing more from this young lady in the future. Oh. She is the star of tomorrow. I'm yeah. telling you that. Now, I, in, in preparation for today's episode, I actually wrote a little paragraph on Venetia because I was so, I mean, we, I know Rachel and I were really hoping she was going to win. <laughs> Come on, girl. Yeah. You know, she still is a finalist, which is great. But I actually found a bit more information out about what she does. So I thought I would uh, talk about that. She has a string of inventions up her sleeve, one being her Earthshot Prize entry, which is a solar-powered ironing cart. It's one solution to replace the 300-year-old practice of using coal to power 10 million ironing carts in India. That equates to burning 50 million kilograms of charcoal every day. Now, I found a little um, interview she had with BBC Newsround. And BBC Newsround is a news show for kids. And I just love this. So I thought I'd put it in. Yeah. Venetia tells Newsround the electricity goes to the ironing box directly. And then the excess goes to a battery. The battery stores this electricity for later use in the night or during the monsoon season. None of the energy goes to waste and it's also mobile. She is 15 years old. <laughs> like, it baffles me. Um, she also said, in the future, I'd really like to start manufacturing the solar ironing carts on a large scale because I believe an invention's true potential only realizes itself when it reaches the people. The way she talks, I'm absolutely fangirling over her. I just <laughs> think she's the most incredible teenager and what I absolutely loved like you just said Rach there was that moment where William was like yes and you know what I don't think anyone's looked at me the way William looked at Venetia at the end of that (laughs) oh my god that's a meme I really feel like I want to take a picture of William's face of that like you did proud girl and just stick it on my bathroom wall and just go yeah I did that every day William (laughs) oh it was such a moment it was such a moment yeah and just to finally round up the Cambridges William met Jeff Bezos and they had a kind of like a little PR moment Rach you know because William kind of slagged off Jeff Jeff Bezos in his space travel didn't he and then (laughs) Jeff Bezos was like I'm not having this okay how can I get involved in William's initiative and so Jeff Bezos is um I can't remember what it's called now Earth Fund I think is what it's called they joined the Earthshot Prize Global Alliance and we talked about Global Alliance a lot in episode 32 and 33 of the podcast but basically what it is it's um a way of companies and and initiatives and global leaders I guess to come together to support solutions to save the planet and also to help those 15 Earthshot Prize finalists to scale their solutions that's it we saw a nice little uh, PR shot for Jeff Bezos on his way back to London William reflected on his time at COP26 as he took to the socials and he said 
feeling optimistic as I head home from COP26, having met our Earthshot Prize winners and finalists and discussed their solution to repair our planets. Especially proud to see Venetia speaking in front of the world, demanding change so that her generation can have a better future. I just want to say well done to William. Absolutely amazing to actually show solutions to climate change, not just talk about it. And that's what I absolutely loved about the royal engagements within COP26. So, Michelle, let's now move on (laughs) to the hero of COP26. (laughs) He's like the Superman of climate change. (laughs) I'm going to need I'm going to need a stiff drink after this to tell you, because there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot to get through. I'm telling you that now. Right. Royal community, grab a cup of tea, <laughs> get yourself a scope, let's do this. So, as we discussed earlier, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall attended the opening ceremony of COP26, where he addressed world leaders stressing the urgency of dealing with climate change. And he gave a speech, but on the way to that speech, Michelle, what happened? <laughs> he did a Jennifer Lawrence at the Oscars. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is your moment, Charles. This is your moment, and you've just done that. And he looked at the floor as if to say, "How dare you?" Self sabotage. (laughs) (laughs) So, in his speech that he gave, he said, "I can only urge you, as the world's decision makers, to find practical ways of overcoming differences, so we can all get down to work together to rescue this precious planet and save the threatened future of our young people." So yeah, he set out with this speech and he's garnered a lot of attention this week, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Not just from that speech, but every single day, all the world leaders, they were there for the first two or three days and they've majority of them have now gone and they've left their delegates in place. But Prince Charles, he's still hanging on. He's still there at COP26. He's loving life. He's in it for the long haul, isn't he? He is, he is. So when you mentioned earlier about them being at the reception, there was a clip of Charles, and I don't know if you saw this, and he was having a drink and he said, I think I need it after today. (laughs) (laughs) He was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, stiff drink. Come on, get it down, yeah. (laughs) Charles also met with representatives from Indigenous Peoples Groups ahead of the Action on Forests and Land Use event which aims to provide a platform for leaders to commit to actions that will halt and reverse forest loss by 2030. And since 2007, Charles has helped to raise awareness when he set up the Prince's Rainforest Project. Now, I'd never heard of this before. Yeah, I've never heard about it, but actually doing a little bit of research just now, I pressed pause on the record. Uh, <laughs> uh, the project is basically working with governments, businesses and non-profit organisations around the world to quickly find solutions to deforestation. And they've got ambition of making the trees worth more alive than dead. So, yeah, I mean, I've never heard of it before. It sounds super, super interesting. And obviously, as we know, with Prince Charles and the Duke of Edinburgh and now William, climate change, the way in which the planet is changing, has always been part of their initiatives along the line. So it's not just something that they've thought about, oh, COP26 is coming. Let me just find this to do. It's, it's, it's permeated every single part of the world and their work, hasn't it, Rach? Yeah, definitely. And I think that goes to prove because later on in the day, well, throughout this whole week, Charles has met with world leaders and there was actually a video of Charles meeting President Biden of the United States and they was having a bit of a photo op and we got to hear a bit of their conversation and Joe Biden actually said 
to to Charles, we need you badly. And I'm not just saying that. And then he added how he got the whole thing going. That's how it started. So yeah, when he's talking about that's how it all started, he's referring to Charles's lifelong involvement within this, you know, bringing awareness to climate change because he has been involved from such a young age. And like we've said previously, Charles has been mocked in the past. And now, you know, it's become kind of... Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? (laughs) In a way, it's it's become kind of cool to be talking about this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I I mentioned a couple of episodes ago about when uh, Prince Charles met Greta Thunberg and everyone was like, oh, is this just a PR thing? But actually, a lot of people were like, oh, well, why would she want to meet Prince Charles? Why wouldn't she want to meet Prince Charles? He's got so much knowledge. You know, he's got so much history in climate change and and looking for solutions and champion solutions. It seemed like a, a really good meeting. So, yeah, I kind of want to just, uh, you know, sit down to all those people who were like, why is she meeting him? <laughs> sit down. <laughs> so, again, I think Charles has become a bit of the star of COP26, hasn't he? <laughs> He's the poster boy. He is. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about this in a minute, but um, he has, he did actually meet some other stars. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm. And we were treated to royalty, <laughs> yes! meeting fashion royalty, meeting <laughs> Hollywood royalty. <laughs> When Charles met the fashion designer Stella McCartney and the actor Leonardo DiCaprio at Kellingrove Art Gallery. And Stella was there to showcase a sustainable fashion installation, which included vegan bags and shoes made from mushrooms and recycled plastic fibres. I know you can't see this royal community, but I actually was just putting my fingers over my lips to stop me talking. Do you like little kids do when they sit down on a rug in school? Because I've got so much to say and I wanted Rachel to say a little bit. So I was like, um, I can't. I want to talk so badly. <laughs> I love So I think when when people see this, I think a lot of people, you know, they see Leonardo DiCaprio as an Hollywood actor, which he is, but I have seen in the past he is very passionate about climate change. So this meeting does make sense. It makes massive sense I mean he has been I remember when he was going out with Giselle the the supermodel and they were going around the world looking you know with climate change initiatives that he has been so instrumental in climate change activism uh it makes complete sense and the fact that he was there because I mean I just fangirl Leonardo DiCaprio from like the 90s absolute basketball diaries the Romeo and Juliet you name it then Shutter Island I've watched nearly every single Leonardo DiCaprio film there is I think he's absolutely incredible and when he met like you said Hollywood royalty meets royalty but then you've got Stella McCartney who's like one of my favorite designers and she's wearing the most amazing green dress with horses on it I'm like that is the most perfect dress to ever meet (laughs) Charles with and I just wanted to wear it like she looked fabulous but also she was giving amazing solutions to a fashion problem fashion equates to one of the biggest problems in climate change so all hail Stella McCartney I absolutely love this it was probably one of my favorite moments from the whole week yeah and I think especially when you're looking at fast fashion the amount that we get through each year it's you know when you think about it it's quite scary as I've gotten older that's why me personally I don't mind spending a little bit more money 
and getting something worth good quality that I know I have for years and years in my wardrobe rather than fast fashion pieces that will be gone in a few months time and I know not everyone can do that because not everybody can afford to do that and I understand that but I'm saying if you have the resources to I'm not talking about you know spending hundreds of pounds on a you know a dress or a jacket or something but I think it's just about making better choices. So I've always had a capsule wardrobe. So if you ever see me, you see me with the same outfits on. Um, I obviously I'll style them differently. I'll wear like different belts and accessories and stuff. But every now and then I'll change a certain item and replace it with something different. But the the main key pieces in my wardrobe will always be like a capsule wardrobe. And for that very reason, the very reason is because I want pieces that not only reflect my personality but also are sustainable and that I'm not getting into local trends and things that I buy are things that I absolutely love they're not things that oh I think they'll go with that I'm I'm very considered when it comes to clothing and yeah I'm not saying everyone should be like me you do you but even if you consider the next purchase you make is it something that you actually need or is it something that you're going to wear once and never see again so you would only do your best and to finish off with Charles he launched the inaugural Terracotta Seal Awards as part of his sustainable markets initiative where 45 companies have committed to take action over the next decade to limit global heating by 2050 and the seal is an environmental warrant which recognizes global corporations that are demonstrating their commitment to the creation of sustainable markets So as we said at the start, COP26 is on for two weeks. So this will not be everything that Charles is involved with, but that's where we're at at this point. Yeah. So I'm sure next week as well, we'll be giving you even more information about COP26. Did you see the seal for the terracotta? Yeah. I honestly, I think it's the most beautifully designed seal I've ever seen. It's actually probably one of my favorites. It is so beautiful. And if you go on to any of the socials for Clarence House, you will see that they've got a video of the seal and there's like butterflies and little you know things flying over it. It's absolutely exquisite. I think the design on this is perfect. I just want to say Charles gets a lot of flack to this day. And I think the reason being is some people are still hung up on the whole Diana and Camilla thing, which, you know, is fair enough. But the fact is that this week and next week, he is at COP26 to use his platform. He's using his voice and he's standing within the royal family to make real change. And I think you can only applaud him for that. Yeah. I think, you know, as I say, Charles sometimes doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. But I have a question now for you, Michelle. Oh, go on, what? So do you think you would have researched or followed COP26 as much as you have if the royals weren't involved? Okay, so I'm going to give you my honest answer. The first is I would know about it and I would be looking at it, but I would only have looked at it on, say, day one and to see what comes out at the end of it. I wouldn't be following it every single day as much as I have done because of the royals being there. So let me put it this way. The royals being there isn't the only reason why I'd be watching it. I'd be watching it anyway, but I would not have been following it as intently and watched every single speech and also watched the opening ceremony, which is exactly what I did if the royals weren't there. So let's say they've increased my um, awareness and my interest in it about 80%, more than what I would have done normally. 
Yeah, definitely. I think like you, I probably would have caught up watching the news. But apart from that, I probably wouldn't have followed it as much as I have done. And I think my eyes have been opened to what really is going on in the world in terms of climate change, because I know what climate change is. But I didn't even know what COP26 was. <laughs> like, I didn't. I, I didn't. I'd, ha- I'd heard of the Paris Agreement. But I was just like, oh, COP26. I'm like, but what actually is it? And now I understand what it is. And that is because I follow the royal family. And I'm not saying that will be the same for everyone. But I think a lot of us that are in this royal community maybe have spent a bit more time researching and understanding what all these initiatives are and what they hope to do. And that's purely because of the royal family. Do you think COP26 will change anything? It's hard, isn't it? Because like we said at the start, that's what the whole Paris Agreement was for. And now we're having COP26. It's, well, we we said we'd do this yeah. back then, but what has been done if if it's not happened now? And this is like a real urgency now of if it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. And we're it's no way back after this. And so it's okay. It's okay, you know, these world leaders and delegates pledging money and promises, but now they have to actually act yeah. on it. Yeah. I tell you what, comes to mind when I think of the Paris Agreement in COP21 is they were all like right we're all going to get on this bus right and they all jump on the bus that's their pledge we're all going to do this and then they start driving each you know metaphorical bus but every single one of them have got the handbrake up they're trying to do 90 with the handbrake up because the handbrake is the the big corporations the people who are benefiting from the things that actually cl- cause climate change are also what are bringing money into these governments um so it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face that is the handbrake and what we're saying is it doesn't matter because you won't be able to make money if the world is burning so put the handbrake down put the money behind the solution not by holding on to what has caused the climate change to happen and to get us to where we are right now i mean let me get off my soapbox a little bit i don't think anything i don't think it's going to change as fast as we need it to i mean yeah i mean i'm getting i'm getting a, <laughs> i'm getting emotional now right i'm getting emotional um they haven't they haven't reached what they hope to reach in their paris agreement which means that even though they thought they were doing everything they can, it needs to be faster. It needs to be more, you know, more backing. This is an emergency and they're acting like the fire alarm's not on. What is it going to take? What is it going to take? It's so like, you just feel so powerless, don't you? Watching on, but at least we know that, you know, Prince William's done all he can. Prince Charles has done all he can. And only thing we can do as royal community is commend them for their efforts because no one can look back in history and say they didn't do anything. Exactly. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And that's what's important. And the fact that we as the royal community, as long as we're doing our bit, as little as that possibly is in the grand scheme of things, we will make a massive change. Even the smallest action can have like a massive ripple effect. And actually, I, I learned this the other day, Rachel. I don't know whether you know this, but apparently your carbon footprint is also how many emails are in your email uh, box because that gets stored on a server and that server is taking up electricity to hold your emails. Did you know that? Because no. I was like, I didn't realize your inbox actually is part of your carbon footprint. No, I've never heard of that before. And do you see what I mean? Like those small changes, if you've got 3,000 emails in your, in your account, 
you could take what like an hour whilst you're watching whatever show you're watching and just delete and unsubscribe 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 or get something like um an unsubscribed app and they does it for you automatically and that is you saving the planet I also listened to an amazing podcast called Sustainable-ish. And I mean, I have to give a little caveat that I do know uh, Jen Gale, who runs the podcast. She's an amazing woman. And they were talking about COP26 on there this week. So if you want to know more, um, it's it's an excellent episode. So I'll pop that in the show notes if you want to know more. Also, Jen has some amazing tips and tricks on how to be more sustainable and they're not really fluffy things they're actually tangible things that you can do hence the reason why I know so much about you know little bits and bobs here and there (laughs) I get it all from Jen Gale so uh, yeah follow her on Instagram and listen to her podcast because um it really is very helpful for you know for us for everyday people so that's it for this week's episode hopefully you listen to the end and (laughs) you know because when you're talking about things like climate change it's not as, you know, as glamorous as talking about a dress that Catherine's been wearing or an engagement that William's been on, but it's an important topic of conversation to have. And the Royals have been very passionate about this. And so we thought we'd share that with you this week. So if you liked this episode, please like, listen, subscribe, follow everything that you do, wherever you get your podcast. We'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to follow us over on Instagram, you can find us at Keeping Up With The Windsors Pod and email us at keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. It's so wonderful to hear from you. So feel free to do that. I'm sure we'll probably be talking a little bit more about COP26 just to round up next week, but we'll be back to normal scheduling uh, with the Royal Roundup and the Royal News next week. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week on Keeping, Keeping Up With, up the, with the Windsors. windsors.